1: This week on Private Parts, we have an X Factor winner, a platinum selling artist and the most successful X Factor winner single in the show's history. Now, from a challenging start in life that led into voluntary foster care at the age of just 14 to living in a bedsit and facing homelessness, life seemed to be going only one way. That was before the X Factor came along and gave him one of the last shots to turn his life around and turning his impossible dream of becoming a music artist into a reality. Now, this is truly one of the most open and honest chats I've had on private parts. We discuss the massive highs and, of course, the extreme lows, the things that have shaped him as an artist. From the controversies he courted after The X Factor that led him to being devastatingly dropped by his label to his struggles with crippling anxiety and to his colossal fight back to the top of the charts. Nothing is off-limits. So this is an episode you simply don't want to miss. Now, he is an amazing guy, and his journey has been nothing short of remarkable. Please welcome none other than the incredible, talented James Arthur. James, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, You've already done a podcast today. Yeah. Yeah that's annoying i thought i was gonna be the first
0: no it it wasn't it was different it was quite conceptual that one it was like for people who don't know what conceptual is Mm. well yeah there was there was like a this one i guess is more just a chat with us right yeah whereas that one um yeah it had like the point of it was to come up with a plot twist or, or to explain the plot twist in my journey so far i guess Which we'll probably do in this one uh, uh, to some extent, I I, I guess, but it was centered around that idea.
1: Do you think um, the reason why I started doing podcasting is because I love like chatting and communicating, right? Do you think you like communicating? Do you like sitting and chatting? I do, yeah. I don't know if I'm that good at it, but um, I'm
0: not. I was just, I was explaining to your producer. I don't have anecdotes or stories, or or at least I don't have a lot of confidence in my ability to to tell them. Songwriting, do that. I can tell you stories through through the medium of song all day long, but um, it's weird. I think I've become desensitized to like the mad things that have happened in in my life, and so like other people are better at relaying them to people than than I am. So forgive
1: me if. Feel of my stories are a bit half cocked. But that's interesting because you, I, you, you are, you're, you're an amazing songwriter and that mm. is all about narrative and story and understanding mm. emotions. And the greatest thing I've found about music, right, is that it, you, you really feel something when mm. you listen to it and you almost take your audience on a journey. So I would say that you probably are a really good storyteller. Yeah, well, I, that's
0: kind of like my brand, I suppose, in, in terms of like the music. That's what I would pride myself on in terms of my like skill set as a singer songwriter. Um, but yeah, I just, I, just in, in in the context of conversation. Yeah, I, I don't know whether I'm that good at sort of like you know when you watch like I don't know, Jonathan Ross and like someone's on the couch and they're like, yeah, well I remember this time when this happened and everyone's cracking up and stuff like I would. I mean I would I would start one of those stories and immediately lose confidence and like probably have a panic attack to be honest
1: because yeah. you're worried that yeah. the punchline the is shit gonna, yeah, it's just yeah. going to be well, shit. Well that's it I
0: don't yeah like I I think I'm good at setting I'm good at the setup part of it. Yeah but, yeah. But the punchline I think would yeah I'd be worried about that falling flat.
1: Do you think you um I had this for a long time, do you, do you think you had get socially anxious sometimes? Oh absolutely yeah no I've definitely got that
0: yeah. It used to be a lot worse than it is now, I think. Uh, but yeah, no, I do. Yeah.
1: I, I, I had it for... It was really weird, right? Because I, I did this, um, and I've spoken about this before, I did this um, reality show for so many years, right? Yeah. And actually the first time you and I met was, I think we played football with each other. Right, yeah. You, you may so- not remember. Soccer Six or something. Soccer Six. Yeah, yeah. It was actually just a tangent. It was one of the worst days of my life. Because I was playing with like you and these really cool people, and I, and then you remember, maybe you will, we went to a penalty shootout. Do you remember this? I do remember, I vaguely remember
0: a penalty shootout. I think we probably lost it. Yeah.
1: yeah. Do you remember who missed the penalty? Oh, did you miss the penalty? I missed the penalty. Oh, man. So we
0: were on the same side. We
1: were on the same side. Yeah, now it's coming back to And we were playing at Wembley, and it was like half the pitch. Anyway, came to the penalties, and everyone was like hustling to get the ball. And I was like, I'll do it. I'll do it. Give me it. And they were like, fuck, not this fucking wanker. All right, you take it. And I hit the post. And everyone, and it wasn't even one of those moments where everyone comes around you. Yeah. Everyone turned their back on me. I, I do I do recall it Everyone.
0: being quite intense. Like, it was, it was really competitive, yeah.
1: Mark Wright oh, was Ma- oh, so man.
0: full on. You don't want to play football, Mark Wright. I did Soccer head with him. That guy is like, no, he's super competitive. Yeah. He's so
1: competitive. Yeah. But, um, so I was doing a show then and... I don't know, I, I, I think probably the same as you, is that, you know, maybe an overthinker at times and things mm. like that. And then yeah. what happened was for, for many years, I just I developed this social anxiety yeah. where I felt like I had to go into a room and I think it was because of the show that I did that I felt like I had to perform in front of everyone the entire time. Yeah. And I imagine with you because of your history, your fame, your musical ability that perhaps sometimes maybe you feel like you have to perform in front of people. Mm. Do you get anything like that?
0: Yeah, no, I definitely had that for for a while. I think similar to you because of the nature of of how I kind of became known. Um, there's, I, I don't know. There's a, there's a few things. I, I think maybe people forgot that. Um, actually, I'm trying to think how to sort of like, how I frame this answer because, like, obviously, I, obviously, I won the X Factor, and but I was a, a probably the most unconventional. Winner of the X Factor in the sense that, like, I had the, um, you know, the the musical thing was like the singer songwriter thing was was very much like what I was bringing to the table. However, my kind of what people would deem as like a good personality in terms of TV and stuff, I definitely didn't have because I think certainly back then. I think it might might have evolved a little bit now, but I think people would like consider someone who's on TV or in the in the spotlight. That has a good personality or or a big personality is someone that's like quite big and flamboyant or or um, I don't know charismatic charismatic in a way that just like you know you know you know what I mean you like, were like like a showman like show like show, yeah, yeah so, someone who's quite showbiz I guess and, and that, you were more reserved I'm kind of the anti of that I suppose I'm kind of anti showbiz if if you like I'm sort of like I never really wanted to be famous I mean obviously I, I wanted recognition for for my craft and and what I do but. Um, I just, I, had, I hadn't I had mentally prepared myself at all for, for fame. I didn't even imagine what that would be like. And, and obviously there's no handbook f- for all of that. And, and in answer to your question, yes, I felt the pressure very much to be someone who owned a room kind of with what I was saying and like command people's respect with what I was saying. And I think I got that wrong and made a lot of mistakes in, in the early years, for sure.
1: Yeah, it's hard, right, because... <clears throat> Fame is a is a really weird thing, and um perhaps th- what it feels like is a difference between you and I is is that i i you know I went and did a, a reality show and the only sort of benefit i suppose if there even is a benefit what you get coming out of that is that you become mm. you you get this some sort of profile or some sort of fame whatever it is sure, yeah. but I was just famous for being an idiot on television. And that's not a really, really bad thing. And so I learned that the sort of hard way. Mm. Um, but when you gain sort of popularity, mm. you're right, there is no handbook to it whatsoever. And no. it's really hard. And also, if you're quite a reserved person, I was always quite like a loud person, whether that was good for me or not. I was always mm. quite sort of, from wanting to be center of attention, wanting to be different things. If you're more mm. reserved and you then become famous, mm. that's a, it's, it's a very tricky thing to to handle. And it must yeah. have... It must have messed with your mind a little bit. Yeah, no, I did. I definitely, I definitely grapple
0: with that. I think, like I said before, I, I, um, I worried that I that wasn't wasn't likable, and I think I, I, you know, some of the some of the kind of behaviour that that was like that I, that I put on display post X Factor, in, in the sense that I was like trying to um, shake the tag of being some sort of manufactured act that went through a show. Um, it. You know, I could understand people being like, like, who's this guy? Like, who, who do you think he is? Or like, or, or, or perceive me as someone who was was arrogant or whatever. And actually, I was probably just quite shy and and, and reserved, as you say. Um, but yeah,
1: uh, yeah, why did you want to? Why did you? Because if we take you back to the very beginning, right when when people first got to know you, and and you know, I've seen interviews when you said before, and quite rightly, you've you've mentioned you said, well, I was singing and songwriting before all of that. Yeah, yeah. And what I think was upsetting for you a little bit is like, okay, oh, I went on to X-Fatch and suddenly I was this person. Yeah. But actually before that, I was doing everything. yeah. And that would irritate me, anyone, any musician, artist, entertainer, yeah. dentist, it doesn't matter who you are.
0: Yeah. Do you know what's funny is that in hindsight, when I look at those that, those kind of criticisms that were waged at me, like, and when I think about how I re- responded to that and how triggered I got with that, it's kind of stupid now in hindsight because anyone that that made those observations of me. It's naive and it's stupid, like, you know, um, because... Why do you think you got triggered by that? Like like you say, well, yeah, I kind of felt like I'd honed my craft for a good 10 years before that, I sort of earned my my stripes. But I I understand you go through uh, something like The X Factor and you do get that, like, he's a manufactured shiny pop star sort of thing. Whereas actually it's the opposite of that. You know, a lot of people, you look at the landscape of the music business... It's a lot of people that, um, you know, they, they actually are manufactured. They actually, are, you know, maybe trust fund kids or whatever. And, and that that's fine. Not to say that they're not talented. But, you know, they have the resources, the management, all those kinds of things that I didn't have. Uh, and and th- those were the things that led me to have to... It's a lot of people that do the X Factor. It's kind of you're at crisis point. You're like, you know, this is your last chance. Like, I had record labels and... and um you know, uh, people like sort of promised me the world and we're going to make you a star and all that. And, and ultimately, a lot of the time, it came down to the fact that I didn't have the kind of financial support or I couldn't make a decent demo and things like that. And and I was just trying to survive like I was living below the poverty line, you know what I mean? So like, I couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't, re- you do need support in, in that sense, you know, you need, you know, uh, a kind of support network of, of some kind. So yeah, anyway, X, X Factor you know, a lot of the people that you see doing that are just like, "This is
1: my last chance." Wait, I had mm. no, well, I I knew a brief bit about that, but so mm. so if I take you right back to the beginning, where mm-hmm. growing up, you you grew up in Middlesbrough, right? Yeah, yeah. Middlesbrough fan.
0: I am a borough fan. Yeah, yeah.
1: Definitely. My friend's a borough fan. Yeah. He has it tattooed on his leg. It's hard times for us at the moment. I mean, Jesus. But you're a, you're a Chelsea fan. I'm a Chelsea fan. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, it's a bit better than I was, yeah. Thinking. But also, am I really a Chelsea fan? I just sort of yeah. just live there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not going well, there, is it? no. it's, it's not right. But yeah, so you grew up, your your parents split, yeah, as well. Yeah, um, divorce is always a tricky thing to kind of go through, sure. Yeah. Uh, I mine happened, my parents divorced when I was eight years old, and mm. man, it was like, yeah. Completely rocked me, yeah. In so many ways. How old were you and your parents? been?
0: I was very young, so it's probably a bit different for me. I think you probably felt the impact of that more than I would have. Um, I think I'm more suffered because the the core parenting wasn't probably wasn't where it should have been. You know what I mean? Like um, those, my mom and dad never got on. You know, they they couldn't get along in order to sort of make sure that my sister and I um, felt you know like it was a healthy thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, t- yeah I, was, I was about two years old. So I, all I ever knew was that we're going to dad's and lived with mum, really, so. And you didn't mind that? You didn't mind the changing to begin with? I didn't mind that. I just, I, what, I, what I minded was the kind of, like, I felt the tension between the two of them. And uh, and there was sometimes I feel like argue th- through us a little bit. And so we we felt like we had to, you know, I guess play up to that in a way, like, you know, Um yeah, that's hard. Or endure, or endure like them slagging each other off, which was wasn't great for us, I suppose. So we weren't seeing a good example of of how two parents could kind of not be together but do do a good job. I
1: guess. Yeah, and then with your, because then I heard that you also used to you had a bit of time in foster care yeah. as well. Yeah. Which yeah. I had. I mean, it's it, what's so funny is that it's not funny, but it's so interesting is that you 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 have. And this happens with so many do you know what it is right i what I've worked out is that every single person, and I speak to so many people here and mm. so many people are, everyone has this boulder mm. that we're pushing up this hill the whole time, yeah, and so many people don't realize it, they yeah. don't realize that what we're we're suffering with or going through, and the fact that you had this really pretty tricky childhood, it seems like, yeah, where you know parents are split you you've got your sister to look after you're you're going through. Mm. Foster care. How do the foster care work?
0: Well, it's it's a tough one to talk about, really. Um, if you don't feel comfortable no, no, talking about it, no, it's it, it's it's fine. I just have to I have to tread carefully, just because I've 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 talked a lot about it in the past, and it's it's well documented what happened, uh, and and I kind of I promised to my parents because we have a good relationship now, and mm. so. So I want to be a little bit careful about how I how I tell this kind of story because they were upset by it. Yeah, but there's but there's accountability to be had on all parts. Obviously, when you're a kid, like you can't take too much shoulder too much of the blame, you know. Because I wasn't I wasn't like that bad of a kid, but I did I was misbehaving at school. I think what it um, it it kind of came about because my uh, my mum re met someone new and we moved to the middle east for a couple of years randomly we went from sort of like again you know um four kids in a in a two-bedroom house kind of thing to like this guy my mum married got a job in the middle east and we, uh, we were in, we were there and then they got divorced and so i actually felt the impact of their divorce more than i think i've felt my yeah. my mom my mom and dad's divorce bear with me while i try and navigate through the story but um but then basically that happened. Then we moved back to England and we were back to sort of... Like it was my mom and four kids and I've got three sisters, so I'm the only boy in the house. And I think sometimes my mum would kind of potentially say
1: like things that that were... uh I'm trying to think of... You, I can see you're finding a hard time. Yeah. Because you just don't... Dude, I, I totally it's, get... It. Do you know what I, I, I get where you're going... You're, in your mind you're battling it because... I remember when um, I did an article once, mm. right? Where, so my parents got divorced yeah. and um, I went and basically spent all of my time with my mum. That's mm. what I did. And my dad, I had the best relationship with my dad now. He's amazing. But he wasn't there as much growing up and mm. stuff like that. And that's totally cool. He had his reasons. Yeah. But I, when you're that age and growing mm. up, I was fed lots of things from my mom about my dad, which possibly wasn't fair, it was one side of the story or different mm. things. And so I made up my own narrative in my mind and then I said different things. And I did an article once, mm. which really shone badly on my dad. And he, um, never actually said this, he uh, ripped out the article and sent it to me in a letter. And in the letter he basically wrote all these and said, I've never realized that was such a disappointment to you. Yeah, And it really hit home yeah. so bad that, because I was just saying things or doing for me, and you, you you've done documentary and stuff like that, yeah. and, you, and perhaps you say things, and then looking back, you kind of go, "Shit, maybe I didn't." Yeah, quite mean that, but or you don't understand what your parents are quite going through, right? Well, it's that it's the
0: understanding I think, and that takes a long time to really. I mean, now I'm, I'm a parent, like I, I you know, I, I look at them completely differently, and I just think you can't get it right. There's no way, there's no perfect parent, you know what I mean? It just doesn't. That that idea isn't real and i think that they they made some mistakes for sure but um it's weird it, it's weird i, I don't want to like continually punish them like yeah. 20 years but, later. But I tell
1: you what is this then, if we were going to put you back at that young age, so if you yeah. had the mind of that young age yeah. compared to now, where you're saying, and I tell you, you're, you're, now, uh, you're now a dad, mm-hmm. you understand it, yeah. I like, met on the other day, mm-hmm. who has got two kids. Mm-hmm. And he said, I now look at my parents and go, well done. Yeah, no, you yeah. did this? Yeah.
0: You did this? My mom had me and my sister at 19, 19 oh, years of Oh my God. Uh, and I just think, how the you know, I've got how the fuck do you so, I've even... got so much empathy now I'm just like, you know, anything I ever said about you is like, oh you fucked this and you fucked that up like how dare
1: I <laughs> like so, you know but look I mean So if you put yourself back in that place yeah. when you're younger, what yeah. would you sort of think what would you say to your parents if they were standing in front of you? Would you say, yeah. You've you've made these mistakes, you've messed up. You... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, yeah. I just think And now you've changed that opinion almost, right? Totally.
0: Um yeah i have I've changed that opinion like I said like I look at my mum's circumstance being that young and and having four children to look after and um she'd been through two divorces you know having nervous breakdowns you know and I ended up in foster care because my mum no my mum or dad actually could house me at the time like they just you know they felt like um they they i guess they felt like they couldn't look after me and I understand that now in hindsight and However, the way I took it, obviously, was uh, I'm not good enough. Yeah, like you've, rejection. You've rejected me. Yeah. And, there, and, and, of course, that then has a knock-on effect throughout your entire life. And every relationship you get in, you think, oh, I, they're going to leave me. I had abandonment issues like you wouldn't believe. It, with friend, friendships, it affected everything in my life. And so then once I realized that, I really resented them. And, um, and in, in some ways, it was, it's been the fuel... That uh, that has uh, the kind of thing that I've drawn from to to, to motivate me and, and and has helped me um, be successful. I think. Like anyway, you know, it's, it's that cla- it's that cliche classic thing. Like, you know, I had to prove I was good enough, and so I went to the, you know, and it, then you realise when you get to the top of the mountain, there's fuck all there. Know. You know what I mean? It, it's you're literally like, yeah, it's why the like,
1: fuck didn't someone tell well, me this? Oh, so actually, I was just meant to
0: like myself, <laughs> and I didn't need to go and win the X Factor and fucking have platinum selling singles and like. <laughs> go through like severe, pa- you know, panic, <laughs> panic attacks, attacks and yeah. everything, yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't do therapy until a lot, lot later, until very recently, and I, I unpicked a bunch of stuff that was like really simple, like rational thought, and and like you said, just, you know, internal dialogue, things. You oh, know, man. Just speaking to yourself, kind of, because I just thought I was I was, I was was shit like, for so long. It's crazy that like negative myself.
1: internal dialogue we can give yeah. to ourselves. We don't even think we're doing it, right? Totally, yeah. Relationships for me was one of the hardest things when mm. I first met my. It was so I, I I just got married and and with my um with my wife I used to do this. I mean honestly it it, it makes me like shiver with like just disgust. Yeah. I used to say to her, I was like, ah oh, yeah, but I'm not sure. I can't even say. It. <laughs> That's what I used to say to her. Yeah. I like, oh, but you know you don't you don't love me. A lot. You don't love me. You yeah. Know, it's the blah, blah.
0: oh yeah no. I've, draw, it's crazy though because
1: yeah. inside. Yeah, it's that. Why?
0: Why would? Yeah, there? it's such a like uh, the, the ick as you call it it's now. A complete you, th- ick. you think? Yeah, because I did the same, man. I was just like, oh, but you don't really love me, and it, that was like that was just from a place of like, no one loves me. You know, my parents didn't
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, turn their backs on me. When I think when something like that happens, like uh, an impressionable age, you know, like it did for me. I think yeah, it was just hardwired in me. It's, um, it's so tough, man. Yeah, man.
1: So when did music start playing a part? Because that obviously must have been for you. So you're going through this mm. hectic period, you know, you're going into foster care, you're feeling rejected, all these different mm. things. When did you start, pick up an instrument, start playing, start singing?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, this is, this is one of the amazing things about my parents is that they're both big music lovers. You know, I'd, I'd go over to my dad's house and I'd be hearing this like eclectic bunch of rock music and stuff and so like, you know, I wanted to be in a rock band. I wanted to be Kurt Cobain. I wanted, you know, I wanted to be a rock star, you know. And my, then my mum at home was like, they, you know, was playing like, the, you know, was playing Elvis movies all the time and and uh, and was such a fan of like the icons my mum was and like obsessed with it uh, in a way. And so like I would sing along to these things and my mum was very encouraging. She was like, you're, you're fucking, you're one of the best singers in the world. Like she'd be over the top, like you're the best, you know, and I'd be like, what really? And like, I guess, you know. Were the, you good as well? I think that I could, age i think I think I could like do like runs and stuff like from a young age I could do like licks and like boys to men, you know like you know Sorry. that kind of stuff it's like a prodigy
1: what's going I, on? I just
0: 'd just do it and like i don 't know I think i would just have a good ear maybe and I'm able, I was good at imitating stuff um and so, yeah, music really started there for me because I think, again, like it was like, How old are you at this point? I don't know. I was probably like five or six, like just like mum mom playing music in the kitchen and me singing along and her being like, that's amazing. And,
1: and you're doing like, runs. Yeah, like, yeah. Yes. I, I don't, five, I, six. Yeah, I
0: don't remember there ever being like, I'm going to learn this, or learn that. I just, I just had a knack for it, I think. And um, I, I mean, I listened back to some of the stuff I'd recorded back then. I was I was shocking but um i believe I had, I had this unwavering self-belief because of what my mom instilled in me i think yeah. and so again, again i think that sort of feeds into this narrative of me trying to get validation and like be seen and heard um from my mom because one minute we were like best mates and she like was bigging me up for that and then it was oh you just like your dad in the next minute and like she didn't like my dad so i was like well fuck you don't like me so it was like that kind
1: of thing, yeah. and then and then yeah, I guess like and then the music, what it would have done is it would have made you feel way more connected. And so absolutely. subconsciously, you're just doing it to perform. Yeah, because you're like when I perform, they love it, and so therefore I'm getting that sort of love back, right?
0: Hundred percent, man. Yeah, that that was it, and it was like yeah, it just became this this friend to me in a way. You know what I mean? Like I uh, I could sit there with a the guitar and just wail at you know at the wall if you like, and just and uh and feel like all of this pain was 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 going somewhere positive i guess and, and 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 i started to get known at school as like the guy who sang and played guitar and that gave me a place at school and so i loved going to school because i i had i was popular there you know because um, i was like not only the class clown but they were like i oh, sing as a song or whatever and like pr- previous prior to to them realizing that i had this skill like i was I guess i was like the weird kid i was the outcast and and I never really fit in until, like, the last couple of years at school. Yeah. When they, like, again, when they realized I could do that. And so it just kind of went from there. And then I got into bands. And um, I thought that's, that was my, you know, that was my trajectory was to be, you know, like Liam Gallagher or something, be a front man in a band. Um, and, uh, yeah, I went to college um, for a year, dropped out. Then I ended up being homeless, you know. Uh, not, hey, so there's yeah. just
1: brush over that sort of. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I was just, I was just like, well, yeah, nowhere, to, nowhere to live. Like, you know, jumping on people's couches. Like again, you know, I couldn't live with either of my parents, so I ended up um, getting a bed sit. Um, so you literally was, had, you had nothing. Nothing, yeah, yeah. So I went from foster care into like council flats, kind of thing, uh, like. Absolute shitholes, like where they would house like ex convicts and stuff. And like at 16, 17, you got people knocking on your door, you know, for drugs and stuff. And it was, it was a, it was like, it was a scary environment. Um, but yeah. Do you find it tricky to talk about? It's, it's yeah, in a way, it's, it's a little bit, I wouldn't say triggering, but it's like when I d- dig back into it, like I, it, it's good because it, whenever I tap into this stuff, it's usually. from a a music you know what I mean and so it it has a different effect in this environment because it's kind of like you don't want people to pity you or anything you don't want people to like think that you're sitting here asking for you know for sympathy for because lots of people have been been through it
1: yeah but I don't think I don't think anyone in their right mind ever listening to this would ever think that whatsoever I think Mm. actually what it more people uh, you know we I honestly people are desperate to um hear stories and hear really authentic things mm. in life, because we're full of this world now, which is just really inauthentic, I think. Totally, So yeah. people want authentic stuff. So actually just mm. hearing your story is just like, mm. I think that's what people would connect with. They wouldn't feel sorry for you or anything, just want to hear it. Yeah, so yeah. the fact that you you come out of foster care and then you go into a sit and you're 16 years old, you shouldn't be surrounded by... No, yeah, yeah. That's intense. Yeah, it was tough. So what happens
0: then? So... So, yeah, i was trying to think how it is kind of the timeline of it all. So,
1: so you're 16, 17, you're out of foster care, and then I,
0: you go into this bed set. Out of foster care because I had a scrap of one of the lads in there because it was just, that was the kind of vibe there. And I, I, I wanted, I, I didn't like... What kind of scraps did not like. It was like, you know what, it was something daft. Like. we, uh, Man United were playing Glasgow Rangers in the Champions League. Yeah. And my dad's a big Glasgow Rangers fan, and, like, I kind of followed them because my dad did. And... Uh, and one of the lads, like, because it was the kind of place where juveniles would come and go. And, like, it's, it's sort of like, um, you've got to kind of, it, I suppose it's a bit, prison sounds a bit extreme. But, you know, when people are like, right, you and me, let's prove who's, like, the who's tougher kind of thing. And, like, people would test each other, I think, in that environment. And, uh, and, he, and like, he, was, he could see how much I wanted Rangers to win this game of football. And so he just kept on, like, piping up with, like, Rangers are shite and stuff like that. And I was like... Just sitting there dealing with it, and then the, the final whistle went. I stood up and I just I cracked this lad, and and I got kicked out. Um, oh my God. Which is which is not it's not cool, you know, to do that. But yeah, they, um, that's that's how that ended. And then that's... and then and then I guess I wasn't able to get and and they just then kick you out. And you know, I wasn't able to get into another foster home. So it was either you got, you know they asked my mom if she would take me back, and yeah, I ended up I ended up back there for a, for a few weeks, and. Uh, and I I would, you know. Was that I was, worse or easier? It was it was a little bit easier, but I was I was just a rebel at that point, man. I was just like, fuck the world, kind yeah. of thing. And so I was like, I my, think
1: you're right when you get into that mindset where uh, what I'm doing is right, this is right, yeah. fuck everything else.
0: And so my mum had had this boyfriend, she'd go and stay with him on a weekend, and I would use that as an opportunity to like have house parties at the house. And then of course, like, like apparently I had like the, the town's most wanted guy in, in at one of my house parties. Like, and so she was just like some one of the neighbours said, there's a load of police outside the house, Shirley, like, what's James doing and blah, blah, blah. And she was just like, you can't live here anymore, mate. And so that was it. That was, and I couldn't stay at my dad's because my dad lived in a bungalow and it was like, no room there, like genuinely. Like, I did resent my dad for a while because I was like, well, he could have like put me on the sofa or something. But I think it was difficult for his, he had a new, he got a new family and and I think it's he was hard. trying to keep that harmony there. And, you know, I got it and I and it was like, fine, you know, I'll figure it out. And that's what I did.
1: Yeah, but at that age, I can see now that you, you well, like we all go through, we go through a lot of forgiveness, right? So mm. we forgive a lot, and the best way, the the, the famous Nelson Mandela quote is, "You don't um, seeking revenge is like drinking poison and wanting the other person to die, right? You yeah, just you exactly. have to let it go, yeah, with oh, all these great, things. Yeah. But at the time when you're going through that, mm. you're just like, what the. F- fuck is going on yeah someone throw me a bone here like help me out that's
0: it so i I guess i needed someone to just put an arm around me and say like i'll look after you and that didn't come so i had to figure i had to figure it out and that's kind of been the story of my life really just figuring it out making a lot of mistakes and so then when it came to
1: when it came to me so you're, you're playing are you gigging in different pubs clubs things like that
0: yeah, so um, so yeah, so I went to, so I went to college and I and I studied music performance for a year in Mid- in Middlesbrough and um, and I found it really uninspiring because all the tutors were just like you know you're all fucking crazy if you think you're going to make it in the music business like just you know just hope that you get this qualification and get a session job or something like that and I just thought I'm that gonna-. was what they were leading with yeah man it was it was it was yeah sorry to slag off Middlesbrough College but it's probably a lot better now. I think the tech side was a bit better but it wasn't inspiring and I thought I was the shit I'm, I'm like good at music and I'm trying to I'm trying to be something in, in music and so it just I didn't inspire so I dropped out and um I, I got into a band and um we just played locally I either played on my own in pubs like I was kind of the go-to guy for some of the local pubs Who were like you know if a band dropped out on a Saturday night they know I could step in and play a bunch of covers and yeah and that's kind of how i made my my money i tried to get what were you being paid when you did something with them um probably like probably like a hundred quid but like my that all went on my bedsit rent um, and so like yeah i had to put like my electricity on and then like rent and that was it i, lo- I look back at these things and i think it's it, it's it's been re- that was a really that was a really good sort of training for me for this to to sort of if if there was anything that prepared me for what like fame and and, all, and this in this business, it would it would be that because I I don't think I've ever really let myself get too above my station. You know, I think I've had like people sometimes say, oh, you should be you know you, you shouldn't be insecure or you should you should be like you should be more confident and things like that. And, and I always think of it like I think I have a good level of humility or insecurity that in order to keep my feet on the ground because mm. I see so many people, so many of my peers that. I'm not not so many of my peers because that sounds like, but there there are people that you see that get uh, get a bit lost in it. Um, yeah. not and um, look, I've got lost, but in a different way. But in in, but I mean in the sense that like, they might start being rude to people or thinking that they're better than people. And and I can I can honestly worst. say that I've never I, I'm I'm almost terrified of that idea that that's people, the
1: abandonment kicking in.
0: That, yeah. That's the yeah, people that's pleasing. What, yeah.
1: That's what it's good for. Yeah. The, the, the abandonment issue keeps you keeps you. Almost people pleasing. Yeah, What's people that? pleasing. Exactly. Yeah, it's completely exhausting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Jay says we're going to stop there for part one. Um, we're going to come back in part two, where I've got so many more questions to ask. Are you going to stick around? Yeah, man. Yeah, great. But you have the best time. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. having the best time. It's quality yeah. All right, everybody. We're going to see you in part two. Bye bye.